When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now here are your hosts, Justin Strong and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each, joining me this week is the host of the other host of the show, who probably wishes he could age as well as Sir Christian Cole over the course of ten years, Blake Curran. I'm working on it. I'm trying to find <laughs> the secrets. Yeah, tell me about if it. If I can, if I can catch up with him in Hollywood sometime and just see how that all works out. Not a single day in 10 years. Yeah, like everybody else looks like they're like at least 10 years older. Him, not a day. Not a not day. A, not a single day. Didn't even have, didn't have to change characters. Didn't nope. have to change actors, actresses. Just... Hey, he just kept on years, move on. Uh, if you've been listening to podcasts since we started back in January, thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoyed as we talk about the sixth episode of the House of Dragon titled, ooh, I just lost the title of it, uh, The Princess and the Queen. If you're a new or irregular and like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast and you can get Patreon-only content. You can support us at a $3, $5, $10, or $20 level. When you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show. If you can't be a patron, you can help the show out by rating us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating, and if you have time, write us a review while you're over there. If you need to write us a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on air next time we record. All right, uh, Ryan is out of town this week, so we have Blake filling in for us. We're doing actually three episodes this week. We're doing an episode as right now on the House of Dragon. We are doing one on Andor, which debuted this past week on Disney Plus, and we are also doing an episode on the Rings of Power. So we have three episodes, and we're going to be doing three episodes until the Rings of Power goes off air until the, its first season wraps up. So, uh, but we're glad to have Blake back with us. He has we've already recorded our other two episodes, uh, but we're glad to have him back. So real quick. It's been a while since we talked about this, but this is an important episode. It's episode six where they introduce the adult characters for basically all of the child or teenage actors from the show previously. They age everybody up and we get a whole bunch of new actors and actresses in this one. What were your general thoughts of this one? Yeah, I mean, you said said it right there with the, the changeover. This is a big make or break episode yeah, really for is. the entire season. Uh, bringing in... All of the new actors, aging uh, a ten-year jump, mm-hmm. aging everybody up. Uh, you know, the characters can, can can make or break everything, especially with the you know the the main characters, right? Rhaenyra, Allison, um, and, and I thought they hit it out the park. Yeah, I, I, I really, really, really did. I, it it was uh, it was a it was a great change. Um, you know, they didn't skip a beat. No. Even even with them putting their own little twists and turns right. on the character, it, it really, really went well. Smooth transition. Yeah, I thought so too. This was, if you've been listening to our podcast, you know that this has been a 
thing that has really been concerning Ryan going from the previous actor, the previous actresses, mainly obviously the ones that we have to worry about were the ones that were Allison and Rhaenyra because they're they're the lead act the, the leads of this show. They right. were getting replaced by uh, Emmett Arcee and Olivia Cook. Yep. And I, look, the reason I wasn't as concerned about this, and I talked about this last week a little bit is because the reason that Millie Alcock and Emily Carey get their roles was because they had a similar appearance to the adult actresses, Olivia Cook and Emma Darcy. It wasn't the other way around. I always felt like they were going to be that the, the that Emma Darcy and and Olivia Cook were going to do well in this role simply because of the fact that they were the ones cast to play this. This this was the original idea that they had behind these actresses. So mm-hmm. I always felt like they were going to do well and I thought they did. I thought they came in and they took over the reins of these two roles and they gave us what we thought this, they gave us the taste of what we thought the show was going to be. Obviously we still have a ways to go in terms of, of the Targaryen civil war starting to play out and all that type of stuff. But we start to learn, we get really what these characters, what they had in mind for these characters when this show started, the hatred that they they gave us the 10 year growth. Yeah. They gave us the 10 year growth. Exactly. To be able to pull off the fact that these two can't stand each other, and because this really starts 10 years. I mean, there was some tension between the two of them ever since she married, um, ever since she married, uh, Viserys in episode two, there's some tension between them, but it's nothing to the level that it is in this. There is 10 years of hatred between these two and you feel it from the beginning. Yes. And, and, uh, another one, you know, not, not just, uh, them, but also, uh, uh, Laner, Sir Laner. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. John John McMillan. Yes, he he played a uh, he played a huge part. In oh yes, this, uh, in this episode. I, uh, look, we didn't get anything much of of Lenor in the previous episodes. I loved him in this. John McMillan was fantastic. I mean, yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, he was having a blast <laughs> throughout the course of this episode, and it's like the moment that that Rhaenyra calls him is basically like, "All right, you got your stuff together, dude. We can't. Do, I know you've been having fun. That was our deal, but." It's like, oh man, the party's over. Crap. (laughs) I mean, he was fantastic. Like I said, he was absolutely fantastic. I mean, when we first see him, I don't know if you saw this on Instagram, but HBO had put, they kind of released this very beginning scene where he's like, like escorting her to, to Allison's, uh, bed chambers or whatever it is that, that they were they actually put that scene on there so i was really interested to see how quickly they come and it opens up with this so uh, very beginning yeah let's let's go ahead and talk about what struck you like what things did you notice because there's a lot of stuff that there's so many changes in this what struck you the most when you started watching this one well they immediately go directly into childbirth yes mm-hmm. <laughs> and they decided to hit it multiple times throughout yeah, the episode is. so they had a theme going <laughs> um you know they uh a, a, a few of the things that I, I i made some notes on throughout throughout the episode um the the dynamic between uh Rhaenyra and, mm-hmm. and uh and Leonard they you know they they still have a, a to the most part, a friendly relationship. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which was really, really interesting after all this time, e- even with those different, you know, arrangements and a, and a lot of right. different situations and shows, you, you can see them drift so far apart. They still seem to be on somewhat decent terms. Yeah, they are. For, for, mm-hmm. You know, uh, that, that was really, really interesting to me. Um, you know, uh, 
But they still had their things fighting over kids' names, not always being on the same pages and right. things like that. It was just it was a very, very, very interesting dynamic. Um, you know, uh, all, just all the all the different uh, uh, fights that were going on right. all, all in the beginning. Uh, immediately starting off, as soon as she has the child, Allison's calling for her. Yeah. Because she knows it's hard for her to walk up that oh, way. Oh, yeah. Um, just the, the, the pettiness between all of them, the, the way that they're constantly trying to push each other's buttons. Right. Um, there was a few things I noticed. Let me go ahead and knock out some of these. Cause here's a few things that I noticed. Obviously the child we're seeing, you know, that we start off with that. Second thing I noticed immediately when Patty Considine as Viserys walks in the room, he has no left arm. His left arm is completely gone. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he is, they've been showing him falling apart ever since. This show started. Now he is without an arm. He has almost no hair. Right. He looks as bad as as he ever has. I, I didn't think they, in the little preview that we got last week at the end of episode five, I, I didn't think he looked altogether that bad, but he looks rough in this. Oh, my goodness. I'm a little surprised that he's still alive at the end of this episode, but nevertheless. Um so other things I think that, that's going to be a theme going forward. <laughs> yes, I think that's going to be very much a theme. Uh, some things, other, other things I wasn't, I was surprised about. I was surprised that they went down the road of. I really thought that when we saw the preview from last week, I thought that Rhaenyra's children would be Kristen Cole's children. I thought that was the way that they were going to go down it. That he eventually decides to take her up on this, but we lo- see very quickly that Kristen Cole is no longer her like personal guard anymore. It, she, he's now there for the queen. Right. Uh, and her children are actually with Harwin Strong, uh, a.k.a. Breakmoans. I thought I, I was really surprised by that because we haven't really seen anything between the two of them. So and this starts pretty much immediately because they mentioned uh, I wasn't really sure what the time frame was until Lenor at some point as they're having this conversation talks about for 10 years, he's been doing yes. this. I was like, okay, well, that tells me right there. That's how that's much time. That's 10 year mark. Yeah. We know how long it's been. It's been 10 years. So. I was surprised by that. Uh, I was also really surprised. I wasn't surprised that that Damon and Elena are married because they kind of no. They <laughs> they set that up for the last last uh, in the last show. episode. Yeah, they they set that up, and I was I wasn't really surprised they went down that road, and they did. Uh, I was surprised though that this is a more mature Damon, a Damon that isn't as explosive. His character was much more subdued. Very, and that was that was the most shocking part of this because as soon as we see his dragon, uh, I think his is Caraxus. I think is the name of his dragon. Yes, uh, I believe that's correct. Uh, so we see his dragon, and then we see this other dragon, which is Vagar. I think it was is Lena's dragon's name. This monster of a dragon because it was huge that yeah. just comes flying in, and apparently she didn't start off with this dragon. She actually ends up getting this dragon later on, but this absolutely huge dragon that just comes flying in, you know, fantastic. We're finally getting some dragons in this dragon show, thankfully. Um, Mm -hmm. But I thought it was, I thought their dynamic was great. I thought it was, like I said, I was really just shocked by Damon. The fact that we get a subdued Damon, a Damon that doesn't seem to be just the loose cannon that he has been throughout the course of this episode. It looks like he is just, he's given up any thoughts of, going to the throne. He's given up all of that. He doesn't want anything to do with it. Even though it looks like based off of the preview for next week, he's going to be, <laughs> well, I don't know that he's going to be trying to play for the throne, 
but it looks like he's going to be doing some things to go in league with Rhaenyra, uh, which I will find just absolutely fascinating because that he may still, now that Lena's gone, which I hate to say, uh, that I was really surprised by the fact that they kill Lena in this. Uh, yeah, that happened very, very quickly. Yeah, I was really surprised by that. But the fact they kind of put that in there, it's like, it's almost like he he's cursed. And they, they were kind of talking about this when... Uh, when Laris at the very end of the episode was giving the spiel, I, I, normally if we weren't trying to like squeeze this episode in before, uh, right after it aired, I would have gone back and watched that, that, that little, mm-hmm. that, that, that dialogue again. Uh, he talks because Laris is talking about this curse and it, he's actually showing it with, with how strong and them bringing out the dead bodies. But he also show when they're bringing out those dead bodies, but they also show like her skeleton that is, is basically been left behind as well so it makes me wonder like this curse is like if damon is a curse to women because he, he ended up killing his own his original wife now the wife he actually seems to care for is now dead uh so like right. I said, there's a lot of stuff that i noticed uh really interesting episode fascinating yes. fascinating to absolutely just watch everything play out because it's almost like they're they're this is almost like season two even though this is season one it mm-hmm. feels much like season two because we have all these new characters we have this big time jump and we're kind of hit the reset button on everything. So it really felt more like this was season two than just the second half of season one. Yeah. It's a distinct break in the season. Yeah. And, 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 and one thing that, that, you know, I, I, I uh, really, really caught me off guard towards the end uh, when Laris was laying all that stuff out and it's amazing uh, what seems to be how many strings he's. Oh, he's pulling, pulling all kinds behind of strings, the scenes, yeah. behind the scenes, which yeah. is, you know, something you know, we, we uh, kind of talked about previously. Y'all really talked about it last week. He may end up being the guy that we've we, we, we've talked about that the show's been missing. Yeah, so. I, I really got that feeling last week, and obviously this week you really get that understanding because he is obviously he is he is. They come out and say it that he is the one who is feeding information to Allison. He's the one who right. is giving her the information. Uh, you know, which is really going against his own father, his own brother. But it's apparent that he's going to, that he, he, he is playing a long game in this. And he, mm-hmm. he basically mentions because when she comes to him and basically when Allison comes to him in this, in this meeting that they have, she says, you know, I wish my father were still here. And, you know, he tells her, you know, I don't think your father would be, would be non-biased in this situation. And she's like, but nobody would be biased towards me. And he's like, okay, well, that's what you want. Then we can, we can arrange some things to make life a little bit easier on you. And he goes and gets these two people that are sentenced to death and basically has them go and kill like everyone in his family for the most part. I mean, I don't know who's still left. I don't, obviously the hand is dead. His brother Breakbones Harwin is now dead. I don't know who's still left. I mean, obviously I don't know what he has left to inherit because it's all up in smoke at this point, but he would be the one that would stand to inherit anything. So like I said, he's obviously, you know, and he says, once this is done, you know, this was far more than what she was expecting anything to happen when oh yeah, she was surprised. I yeah. mean, she, she even as she was finding out about it after the fact, I mean, you know, she was saying, you know, I, I didn't want this to happen. I mean, right. she, she was completely blown away. 
And so, but he's like, you know what? I know you'll reward me when the time comes. So uh, he, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's got his, he, he's got something in motion. I don't know where he's going with it, but he's got something in motion. So I don't know if you've done, I, I, I've kind of come across this. I didn't intend to, but apparently in the book, Blood and Fire, there are these two characters called Blood and Cheese. I don't know if you've heard about them or not or anything about them, but they're supposed to be kind of like the ones that like cause serious like problems in between the families and everything like that. I'm wondering if these are these two hmm. characters. I don't know. Uh, okay. So like I said, I'm wondering if that's what these two characters are, because apparently th- these two characters, blood and cheese are going to take this show down a road. That's going to be very, very difficult for a lot of people to stomach. And I'll, like I said, I'm just wondering if that's, if that's who these two characters are, if they're, or if it's going to be two other characters or whatnot. So, uh, right. uh I'm just kind of throwing it out there. I'm just, I don't know, but like I said, I've heard about these characters and, if from what I've read is correct, there's going to be some things that are going to be really, really tough coming up in the next few episodes. And I'm wondering if that's going to start with the next one. So, uh, but it's yeah, very possible. Yeah, it's quite possible. So yeah, this episode, like I said, it, I wasn't really sure what to expect coming into it because there is such a big drastic time jump. I think that, you know, initially my first reaction is, okay, we're finally getting what this show was supposed to be all along. I don't know what you thought. Well, I, I think that because it was such a successful transition mm-hmm. uh, with all of the new actors, uh, like you said, we know exactly where it's going to go now. Um, we, we know that the show's in good hands. I, I mean, just the, the, the interactions, like when they are got the council together right. around the table. And you're really getting to see that tug and pull between Alice and Renera. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that interaction is amazing. And, and just within that one interaction, you know, first right. they're going back and forth head to head. And then uh, Renera even offers, a, a you know, some, some, some form of a, uh, of an olive branch, uh, olive branch. And, and, even if it's not from the heart, right? You know, some she she's trying to offer something, right? It, there was just there was a whole lot going on back and forth, and you could see that whole relationship just in in, in front of everybody, right there in five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, there there were there was just a, a a lot of great things that happened in this episode that are just going to progress throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I really thought the the fact that the fact that harvin strong aka break bones this was the thing that i thought was one of the most fascinating parts just because i didn't really know like i said i assumed that her children were going to be Kristen cole's children and absolutely <laughs> and the fact that they go down this road with with uh sir harwin being the 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 father of the kids like i said i, I wasn't expecting that but I like the fact that, you know, it's so out in the open. Nobody is like trying to deny it, even though that they have to kind of deny it. Because if you, mm-hmm. if you were to suggest this, then you're suggesting, you know, you can end up being put to death for it because you, it could be treasonous. But if it ever right. truly comes out, then, you know, it's the same deal. So it's, it's, you know, I'm sure she didn't think about, you know, the fact that if I have children with, with this man, that they, these children won't look like, Lenore, because <laughs> you know, if 
you know, they all share the same blood. If they were having children together, they would look something like Lenor and and uh, Rhaenyra. I mean, they look nothing like either one of them. So no, they don't. Uh, I do. I, I liked a few. There were the the children that they introduced. This is this is great. Look, Egon is. I don't know what they're going to make Egon to be out, but you know he comes in like the, our first introduction to him as a teenager is in the dragon pit when they have they have Rhaenyra's children. They have they have Jaehaerys and I don't remember what her second child's name was, but obviously the newborn is Joffrey, which you know just right. ring all kinds of bells. <laughs> uh, but obviously the reason that Lenor names him Joffrey is because that was the name of the person who was he was in a relationship with at the at yes. the end of episode five. So that's the reason he obviously wants to name him Joffrey. But uh, you know, so they're in the dragon pit and. The tar- the actual quote unquote actual Targaryen children, uh, the ones that are supposed to take the throne, it's clear that they don't know what to do around a dragon. They're scared of the dragons. This 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 small dragon that they are bringing up, that is supposed to be Jaehaerys's dragon, the oldest child of of Rhaenyra, He's he's very timid around the dragon. He doesn't know what to do about the dragon. Aegon is bored because he's done all this. I mean, he's he's yawning. He's like, okay, we got to do this again. But another interesting thing about this. And something that just immediately jumped out to me when we first see Allison in this episode, she's wearing green. When the, we first see her children in this, again, they're mm-hmm. wearing green. I was like, okay, she's 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 not being real subtle in this uh, right. by putting her children in the clothes of of the clothes, the color of the clothes of of her father. And it was through the whole episode. Yeah, they're wearing green the entire time. So, like I said, she's not being real subtle about it, but I did find it really interesting that. You know, Rhaenyra's children, who are supposed to be the dragon riders, who are supposed to be the ones that are going to uh, inherit the throne, they don't do well with dragons. And Aegon is just completely bored by the whole thing because he obviously he obviously does have a dragon somewhere. I don't know whose dragon is, but right. she's, he's got a dragon, and it's this is boring him. Amund um, or Amund, I think is how he's pronounced. Uh, Amund is the only one of these children these children that doesn't have a dragon. And they play a prank on him by saying, hey, we found you a dragon. We got yeah. it. And they bring out a pig with, with wings on it. And like I said, the, the children dynamic is just fantastic because Allison can't stand Rhaenyra's children. She's convinced that uh, Rhaenyra's children put Aegon up to this. And Aegon appears to be just completely oblivious to everything. He doesn't really seem to care about anything. Uh, he just wants to. He, he feels like a young version of Damon. Yes, he does. He 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 has no care in the world. Right. He, he doesn't have anything to worry about. But his mom is about to whip him into shape. Yes, very that, very quickly. That's that appears to be the case. That she's going to make it because she she starts to hear when she walks in on him pleasuring himself. <laughs> uh, but uh, when she walks in on him and. You know, he's she's basically, you know, he's just like, I, I really don't. I mean, he's basically telling, you know, I don't care about this. And she's basically telling him, you have to care because if you don't care, Rhaenyra is probably going to have you killed because you are the challenge. Just even if you don't want the challenge, because he says, I won't challenge her. You're the only threat. Yeah. You're, you're a challenge just by being alive. Doesn't matter that you won't actually try to make a challenge on it. You are alive and therefore you, you're, you're the one that people will support. And she's going to have you killed eventually. So, like I said, just really good stuff. I thought Egon was. I, it's obviously that you know 
He takes after the Targaryen way. He is by far the better fighter. When they pit the, the children against each other in the training session, uh, you know, it's interesting to see what the, those children were like because they obviously hate each other. I mean, the, they right. weren't, they weren't really playing that into it, which is very different than what it was, than what they've kind of established throughout the course of the show. You know, that cousins grew up together in the castle. They, they hung out with each other. They, they liked each other like Rainus, uh, Lenor and Lena's mother still has very much a friendly relationship with Viserys. At least she did. I don't know if she's still alive or at this point, but, um, but these kids have been pitted against each other from, from the, the very beginning. Right. So there there's, there's going to be animosity and everything. And, and of course the fact that, it, you know, you've got four boys. Yes. That so, doesn't make things yes, better. There, there's, there, there, there's, there's a girl also, but these four boys all grew together. I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's going to be constant fighting. All I, the time. I, I'm glad you mentioned the girl. I think her name was Helena. I think is what they said her name was. I, I, I thought so. I, I, she came on one time. I, I think it was. I will say this: she was the one that I thought that was most interesting of all of the children. Because uh, yep. she's playing with that. Uh, that millipede looking thing. Uh, she's yep. she's talking really cryptically throughout the one scene that she is in. She's got she's just saying all this weird this stuff. This is another thing, you know, just like you were saying previously. I, I'm gonna have a chance to go back and watch it again just to try and pick up on some more. Right. Uh, you know, it seems like there was more to that part. Yes, mm-hmm. that, it, that it I really did. didn't pick up just running through it. So. Yeah, like I said, I, that's another one I would have definitely stopped and watched again, or I would have rewound through that scene because, like I said, she was just so cryptic and weird. And like I said, I mm-hmm. I don't know what they're doing with that. I don't know where they're going to go with that, but it immediately caught my attention when she comes on the screen and she's got that weird millipede and she's talking to her to her mother. And I, it really felt like Allison was like, I mean, they kind of established this when we first met this this daughter in as a baby because like the first time we see Allison like trying to like comfort that child she seemed completely out of it like she didn't want anything to do with it she didn't understand what to do with that child and it seems like now she's even though the child is like 10 years old at this point she still doesn't have the first clue what to do with this child and it's completely and she has no idea what to do and she's just like okay you're the you're the weird oddball daughter I, I don't really know what to do with and she still doesn't have an idea what to do with it right uh, yeah. Some other things that obviously were were very noticeable. I thought it was very noticeable that that well, one. Let's talk about Lena a little bit, real quick. Lena, uh, obviously now Lena Targaryen. This is the last we see of her. Her she was first introduced in episode two as a twelve year old. Now mm-hmm. we're seeing her. I guess probably as like uh, early twenties. I'm guessing. It can't be much older than that, but yes, somewhere around there. Uh, they have there's two children between she and Damon, so apparently whatever bedroom issues he he had, he's gotten over those at least to a certain extent. Uh, right. <laughs> with a third child on the way, and a third one on the way, two daughters. We don't know what this third child is going to be. I really enjoyed Lane's character. We don't. We, this is the last we get of her, obviously. And, you know, I was really interested to see what actually happens when she goes to Vagar and says Dracarys trying to get the thing trying to get the dragon to light her up and you can tell you know she has a bond with the dragon the dragon doesn't want to do it which that scene was just fantastic I just yes it was I love that scene this big huge dragon you almost felt like you could feel the sadness coming from it when Mm -hmm. he realizes that I have to light the person I have this bond with on fire and you could tell he didn't want to do it. I was wondering though, just because she does have Targaryen blood in her, 
it's not as thick and strong as as obviously that of Daenerys in uh, Game of Thrones because she gets put on fire and she survives. So I was wondering, it's like, okay, she's about to be put under the fire of a dragon. Is this going to? Is she going to survive this? But I guess you could make the argument, you know, that just the a fire itself is not quite the same as the fire of a dragon. So maybe that's the, maybe that's the difference. But I was interested to see yeah. if if she might actually end up surviving that. She does not, but they right. did kind of put that little. They did kind of put that little thought into my head based off of what we saw with Dracarys. I don't know if you thought that or tell you or were wondering that when you were watching it or not. Yeah, I, I, I was wondering about that just because of what we'd seen previously in Game of Thrones. But, right. You know, there, there, there was that, that was one of the coolest scenes that we've seen up to this point. Yeah. And it was also just really interesting to watch because Damon at this point is now in the same situation that his brother was in at, in the very first episode mm-hmm. when, you know, the baby is not going to come, you know, what do I do? Uh, the, in the, it wasn't midwife, I guess a maester, the maester comes to him and says, I, I don't, I can't get the baby to come. The baby will not come. I've reached the end of my limits. And Damon, again, just this change is so indecisive. He's like, you know, will she live? And if, if, you use the blade to try to get the baby out. And she, he's like, no. And he like, doesn't really know what to do. And he just kind of, and that's when, that's when Leno decides to walk out to, uh, to Vagar. And that's when she decides to end her life. And that basically she decides to take her, her life in her own, on her own terms at that point, because she's not going to survive. I mean, this is, this is the, this is what childbirth was like back then. I mean, you didn't, if, if you have, it's, you know, it's not that big of a deal for us. I mean, obviously, you know, we don't know that many people that die during childbirth. It does happen occasions. It still does happen uh, every so often uh, in society today. But back then, you know, it was kind of like a 50-50 proposition. It was almost 50-50. Yeah, I mean, when you, on a regular basis. Yeah, when because when you have a child, I mean, it's such so taxing that, and if anything goes wrong, they didn't have the medical tools to 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 intervene and to possibly save the mother and the child both, which often happens. So I mean, uh, so you know. Damon can't make a decision. It's obviously that the baby's not going to survive. She can't survive with the baby not coming. So she just decides to take, take her life on her own. Uh, and now Damon, who they even point out the fact that he doesn't really have much to do with his daughters that when she's, when Lena was talking with, with her daughters that, you know, he doesn't really come and talk to her, uh, to her very much. Now he's got these two daughters. So I'm like, well, so what are you going to do with them, Damon? I'll be really interested to see how that plays out because, He's got to be, he's alone. He's a single parent at this point, And I don't know what they're going to do with that. He's going to have to step up now. I mean, he, he's completely changed. Yes. Yes. So the, what, what they're going to do with him going forward with, with two daughters, uh, how, how he's going to play into all the new things that are happening. Right. Uh, um, you got to think that uh, Viserys is not going to be around much longer. Yeah. So that's also going to play a part into it. How is that going to affect him? Because even, even whenever he acts like he doesn't care, he does. Yeah. So, I really, th- I, uh, I think Viserys is going to be around to at least episode nine. I don't know if he'll be around after that, but I think he'll be around at least upside in mind. Maybe he makes it episode 10. Yeah. But I think he's going to be around for at least a little bit longer. Uh, like I said, I don't know how much longer, but I think he makes it at least episode nine. But we'll see what happens after that because I honestly, truly do not know at this point. Because 
uh, I mean, they've been setting forward. I mean, we're basically about 14 years because this, this story for the first season is supposed to take place over the course of about 28 years. And we're about halfway through that, if I had to guess. Because uh, right. when they introduce, yeah, we're actually almost right at the halfway point because when they introduce this, Rhaenyra was 15 and now mm-hmm. she's 30 at this point. So like I said, right. so we're a little, we're right at the, basically at the halfway point. So they've got about 13 more years to go. Um, but at some point he's going to die and that's when everything is going, we're going to find out everything. Um, like I said, so very much happening in this episode. I'm trying to make sure we cover it all. And uh, I'm afraid we're going to leave some stuff out. Uh, all right. We covered Laris. We covered all of that. We covered Allison. Uh, what are we leaving out? I feel like we're leaving something out. Uh, we cover Damon. I think we've covered just about everything, actually. Yeah, uh, that's. Uh, I'm. I'm sitting here going back through. Yeah, we really kind of have. Okay, everything. Uh, anything, I, I, was there anything else you just want to talk about, or anything else you want to add before we get onto awards? Uh, no. I mean, you know, like I said, this this was this was a, a, a hugely pivotal. Uh, episode yes and, and i mean they, they knocked it out okay let's they, they, there they, is they one really thing I'm, I'm glad i saw this all right Kristen cole so i had read about this Kristen cole uh, played by fabian frankel he had given some interviews where he was talking about how at the end of episode five he obviously just loses it and kills this uh kills joffrey though which is laner's uh love interest right well, he talked about the fact that up until this point, you know, he's kind of been this character that everybody likes. And that he said from in one episode, we're going to have, he's going to completely change his character compl- changes so much that people are going to hate his character. And that has truly happened. I mean, he, yep. he is basically, he said basically that he's been a thug that has been hiding his thug tendencies up until this point. <laughs> and that's exactly kind of what he comes across as. I mean, yeah, when he, he's, he's a hired hand. Yeah, he's a hired hand, and he is now uh, he, he feels betrayed by Rhaenyra because he wouldn't she wouldn't go run off to and marry him. Like I said, I was I was convinced that at the end of episode five that he was so in love with her that he was going to like be the father of her children. And they, that he was so in love with her, even though he didn't like the idea of just kind of being her boy toy on the side. I really kind of felt like he was willing to go do that because he was so in love with her. But it is apparent that he has done a complete one eighty, and he has now. He now hates Renier. I mean, he, he he calls our word. I'm not going to repeat on our show, but uh, but he, I mean, that's such strong language. It even stops Allison. Allison even kind of looks at him like, hey, "Oh yeah, that's not cool. We can't even. You can't even do that either." So, uh, much as I hate her, you're you're not allowed to go down that road. But yeah, I thought that was this this turn by him is probably the most significant and the biggest change in characters from what we'd seen previously. And I, I thought he, I thought Fabian Frankel, who I thought was just going to be kind of a pretty boy in this show. Just no, absolutely. That, that's a that's a very good point. He turned on a dime. Yeah, he really did. And like I said, the, the, he's like the one person they don't really age in this entire thing. You know, like he still looks like he's he's just as old as he was when we first last saw him. So uh, <laughs> doesn't age can be a good guy or a bad guy. Yeah, I guess so. So, <laughs> all right, uh, shall we get into our awards then? Yes, sir. All right. So up first we have the Tyrion Lannister, which is our MVP for the week. Lot to choose from in this one. Uh, what's what are you going down for? What, what road yeah. are you going down for for this? So, one? so this week, I, I think uh, I, I'm going with all the new characters, uh, all, all the new actors and actresses coming in. Emma Darcy, Olivia Cook, uh, John McMillan. Uh, they knocked it out of the park. 
the yeah. transition. It, that was a, a huge undertaking, right. and it succeeded. It, it's it's really for me. It's taken this show to another level because that's what we were all waiting for. Right. There was no drop off. Uh, you know, big credit to them because they they had a lot to live up to, and they did it. Yeah, they and did. It's it's going to be good for the rest of the show going forward. And I normally don't like to do codes like Toronto Charlie's pick one, but I think you're right on this one. It, they had to live up to to their predecessors shoes. They had to, they had shoes to fill with their predecessor. And I thought they did a, a fantastic job. I think Lenor is the one that stood out the most to you just because we actually get to see him a little bit, but um, right. you know, the, the fact that the way that they have portrayed these two to be absolutely to between Renera and between Allison, the fact that they absolutely hate each other, and they're having to show that uh, they have to come in straight with that. And I think it's also mm. another reason why I think it was, they made such a, a hugely important decision to tell the adult actresses. And well, I mean, technically and the other two are adults too. I think they're like 19 and 20. Um, right. But the younger actresses, let me just say that to tell those, to tell the older versions not to inter, to interact or to really get to know the younger versions, I think was really, really important in this just because of what they're doing here because they didn't want to see those, they didn't want to bond the develop between them. Uh, and that might affect their performance because they wanted them to come in raw and understand yes. you know, if they had seen those two be friendly at times and to have an affection for each other, it might've affected their performance. And for them to come in clean as just absolutely, you know, monsters toward each other. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just uh, really great because like i said uh, these two have been friendly i mean yes they've had some tension between them but up until this point the two of them have have tried their best to be friends throughout the course of this and they are no longer that at any this point oh it, it jumps off the screen yeah it, i mean it, it really really does i mean from the moment that like they hadn't even she hadn't delivered the afterbirth <laughs> <laughs> And she's asking for the child. So, I mean, nothing. Bring the child. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's nothing that can be more obvious that I hate you than like you, you haven't even delivered your afterbirth yet. And I want to see the, I want to see the baby. So, uh, right. just really good stuff from, from them. Uh, I mean, she's, Rhaenyra was in such pain. I mean, she's bleeding along the, like uh, when they're ending the scene and she's walking away from the, the, the queen's uh, chambers there's this trail of blood that is following her. So like I said, just really good stuff from, from all them involved. Uh, yes. One other thing I forgot to mention. Uh, I thought it was interesting that Jaharis, the oldest child of Rhaenyra, he has now noticed that he even asked Rhaenyra. Oh, yes. Am I Sir Harwin's son? Am I a bastard child? And you know, this just completely catches her off guard. So I mean, like even children, the children themselves, notice the fact that you know we probably should look a little bit more like our dad than we actually do so uh i thought that was so interesting. how are they going to address that going forward because, yeah i know you know it's 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 going to be addressed at the children's level it's going to be addressed between the children and parents yes mm-hmm. between all of the council i mean it, there's you know it's going to affect so many different things yes it will so all right the agatha along the best scene of the week what's your best scene for this week well there were a lot of different scenes that played so many different uh, specific important parts. But, you know, the one that I talked about was at the council table between Rhaenyra mm-hmm. and Allison yeah, going back and forth. Uh, just because that was the first big scene between these, these two actresses coming in, uh, you know, really giving, giving their everything right. to each other. 
that that's the one that really caught my eye. The one that I, I've already mentioned it, uh, the one where Lena goes in front of Vagar, her dragon, mm-hmm. and yep. uh, basically has him burn her to death. Uh, this is how she commits suicide. That, like I said, I thought that one was just absolutely powerful. I, it was fantastic. Like I said, I mean, the fact that they made that dragon look like it was really sad to do what yes. it was about to do was just absolutely amazing. I mean, they, like I said, I've been wanting dragons in the show, and we finally got quite a few in this one. Uh, well, you know, they did a lot of good, uh, different types of dragon work. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you they know, did. The, the flying in, uh, that work with Lena, working with the kids, mm-hmm. uh, just, just a, a lot of different variations. It was, uh, it was good. Yeah, it really was good. And like I said, they they were really starting to give me a, a taste of what what we were supposed to see in the show, and I, I really really enjoyed it. So yep. uh, next is the if you come with the king, you best not miss the best line of the week. What do you have down for your best line? Uh, this was actually a line from uh, Allison whenever they were uh, her and Viserys were walking up the stairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Viserys was selling or something, and she said, uh, "You may do as you wish, husband." When I am cold in my grave. Yes, I know that was that was that I, was a good. I line. don't know if it's because it was anything important or if it was because I've it was heard just something the, similar to that before. And well, it, I, I don't know. It was her delivery <laughs> of it. I mean, it was just so it was just so fantastic, and also it was the I've at least done, this is the way I felt. I thought it was the implication that. I won't be dead before you're dead. So, <laughs> right. I mean, so basically you're, you're never going to get me to do this, which I mean, it's completely defying, you know, the King at this point. Cause I mean, and there were plenty of people standing around, you know, there right. had to be, and this is her just, yeah, this is just her earshot. Yeah. It's just her completely challenge, which she should not be doing. I mean, he could have her put to death at this point if she, if he right. wanted to. And a lot of Kings would have, because, he, she is openly challenging his authority by, right. I mean, if he wants his son or his daughter to marry Rhaenyra's son, he is well within his rights to force that and to uh, make it happen. And the fact that she's not going to let it, like I said, it just, just continues to show that, that Viserys is just really bad as a king and he's not willing to do what it takes. I mean, and this is kind of what, this is one of the differences between George R. R. Martin and J.R.R. R. Tolkien. George R. R. Martin basically, you know, well, let me start with Tolkien. Tolkien has this idea that, you know, people with power, they are, people who have the most power are the most dangerous. They're the people that we should fear the most. Where George R. R. Martin, his stories are basically saying, you know, the good people, the people who are nice and kind, which is Viserys. Viserys is a very nice, kind person. He doesn't want to cause conflict between his, his wife and his daughter. You know, he's not willing to, you know, if he truly wants his daughter to be set up as as the queen and as his heir, he should step in at this point when she says something like that and do something about it. But and he's not going to. Yeah, he's not going to. And this is what kind of what George R. R. Martin is saying. You know, it's the evil people, the people who understand what you should do with power. They're the ones who get things done. And that's kind of what he's that's just another thing of his that he is just reinforcing here. Yeah, they may be cruel. They may do things that we don't approve of, but they get the job done eventually in the long run. And that's what ends up making a good king. And they're yeah, they're basically showing that he doesn't have what it takes to be a good king once again, because he should do something about this at this point. He's not. So, uh, my line, I didn't, there was too much to write down. I just thought it was the entire monologue that Jahir, that, uh, Laris was giving 
to Alicent when he has basically had his entire family murdered. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just a really good, that was like, I wasn't really sure who was talking. And then when they, when they cut to Larry's doing, he's like, Oh, okay. So I, I was left with my jaw open. Yeah. And like, that was just a really, I, I want to go back and watch it again because I want to see what all he says. Uh, I don't remember everything because he, he, he says a lot in that one. Uh, but this idea that there is a curse and you know, who all is being affected by this curse is just, I want to find out that's one of the things that just kind of leaves me wondering is, you know, who all is affected by this curse and who's all is it going to affect. So, um, just really good stuff from him, really good stuff from everybody so far. So, all right, uh, let's get into our rating. So we have a five tier rating system here on the main attraction podcast at the top of our list is game of Thrones. Just beneath the game of Thrones is a lost middle of the road for us is a friends beneath friends is full house at the bottom of the barrel is Baywatch. I and Ryan have had this at a lost, uh, uh, where are you putting uh, this show so far after six episodes of House of the Dragon? I tell you what, um, I've had it at a lost also, a high lost uh, with this successful transition and how well it went. Uh, I'm going to put it at a Game of Thrones and as long as it can uh, hold it there and continue to stay there, I mean, this is Game of Thrones background. This is going to be a Game of Thrones show. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm with you on this because I've been waiting. This is the one, one thing I've been kind of holding off on. I want to see how they handle the transition. I want to see how yep. the new actors and actresses, how they handle their roles when they come in. And I thought they I thought they were great. I thought they were fantastic. I, think, I don't think this show misses a beat with the nope. new ones coming in. I think it. we are now getting... What little tension, you know, they've had little bits of tension throughout the course of this, of this show. Now the tension is at full blood. And when we, based off of the preview for next week, it looks like they are really going to ratchet things <laughs> up even more. Uh, uh, so like I said, this is, it, to me, it has reached a Game of Thrones at this point. Yeah, I think it is, it is living up to its predecessor's name. I think uh, we just needed to find out, you know, if the new people could, Carry because they're going to be the ones responsible for carrying it at least through the end of this season. I don't know what's going to happen after this season, but uh, it just feels like it's only going to get better and it's only going to get crazier yeah. every single episode from here on out. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're 100 correct about that. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we head off, we do like to do recommendations after our first episode of the week. So, do you have anything you want to recommend for our listeners? All right. You know what? I made a recommendation earlier. Um, and I don't have another recommendation right now. Off the top of my head. <laughs> uh, I will say this. I don't, there was, I was looking at things to recommend and I went and watched, because I talked about this last week in our, uh, when Ryan and I did our things we were looking forward to, I was looking forward to the new, uh, quantum leap show. And I watched the first episode and I kind of liked it. I thought it was okay. Uh, yeah. I, did you watch it? I have not watched it, so that's why I'm interested to hear what you have to say. I don't know. It's one of those things where it didn't capture the same magic and same feeling I had when of the original. Uh, they're relying a lot on nostalgia because there's a lot of talk about uh, yeah. uh, the adventures about what happened to Sam Beckett and uh, uh, what's his name, the guy that uh, he actually died recently, and like they yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. And they I even say like at the end of the episode, they say in memory of, and I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, he was mm-hmm. he was his hologram in the original, and there's a lot of discussion about him. Um, but I don't know when I was watching, I was like, it, it just really occurred to me. It's like 
I really have a hard time getting the things that are network television nowadays. I mean, this is an NBC you show. You and me both. And I'm just in there watching. It's like the look of it. I don't know. It looks so stylized. It looks so, I don't know. And I don't know. Like I said, I don't think it's a bad show, but I do wonder if it's going to last. I'll, I'll just be really honest with you. Uh, mm. I mean, I did enjoy it to a certain extent. It, I, I didn't get the same feelings I got when I watched the original uh, way back in, the, I guess, the late early 90s, I guess, is when the original came on. Yeah, uh, late 80s, early 90s. Yes, yeah, somewhere in there. And like I said, I never got those same, those same you know, nostalgic feelings. But I don't think it's a bad show. Uh, I'd just really be interested in what other people think about it when they watch it. So, uh, but yeah, yeah. if you watch, I'm definitely going to watch it. Yeah. Like I said, I would recommend watching it. If, especially if you watch the original, just to see if it can do the same thing for you. I, it, like I said, there were times I, I kind of got the same kind of like little happy feelings, but just nothing to the same level. Maybe it's just because like I said, maybe it's just because it's, it's network television nowadays and I just don't find much, uh, much love for network television these days, but I don't know. So, uh, but yeah, did you find your thing that you were wanting to recommend or do you want to go ahead and move on? Uh, I, I thought, I thought I wrote it down. I've only got my stuff from earlier. So okay. That's fine. No problem. For that. Uh, no problem. So, uh, like I said, if there's anything else though, uh, guys, we appreciate, uh, Blake stepping in cause Blake will be back with us. Like I said, we've already recorded the episode, so we've already done it. Uh, but he's stepping in for us for and or this week, uh, patrons. If you're wondering what your Patreon episode is going to be, we're actually going to give you early access to our and or episodes, uh, because doing more than three episodes a week is, is kind of rough. Uh, but, uh, we're going to give you guys early access to the Andor episodes. I want to, when I'm uh, uploading this episode, I will end up up uploading the Andor episode as well. So we'll give you guys early access to those throughout the course of this month. And then once rings of power goes out, we'll goes off air and finishes up its first season. We'll get back to doing our regular type of patron episode. So uh, before we head off, is there anything else you want to share Blake before we head off? Uh, No, just thank you once again for everything. I appreciate it. Look forward to the next time and, Y'all have a good one. I would echo those same sentiments. And as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.